my friends, and welcome to Worship for October 25th of 2020. I'm the pastor of this church, Reverend Nick Phillips. I'm so glad you joined us for worship this day. So let's just take a moment to silence our hearts as we prepare to worship our God. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for the gift of worship. We are so pleased to come into the presence of your Holy Spirit, which brings us together as one family of faith wherever we may find ourselves today. May your spirit inspire us, may it lead us, may it bless us with an abundance of love and peace today and every day. We thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. It says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said to them, When you pray, say, Follow, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we, forgive, as we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And Jesus also said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, as we gather here in your presence today, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Last week, we looked at prayers as avenues of praise and thanksgiving and how we might go about doing that. This week, we continue our theme on prayer with a particular focus on prayer as a changer. Prayer changes everything. Last week, we took our cues from those opening words of the Lord's Prayer, Hallowed be thy name. This week, we go a little further down in the Lord's Prayer and look at, Give us our daily bread. Now remember, the Lord's Prayer is a template of what prayer may look like. As we read through it, we see it broadly covers a lot of different topics, everything we could possibly be praying for. Our daily bread is yet another broad category that we are praying for. 
it really does mean more than just food on our table. It means we're asking for God to provide for any and all of our daily needs, whether it be physical or spiritual. It, you know, our biggest needs are not just things that affect our lifetime on earth, but also our lifetime that is to come in the presence of God. We can look at the fruits of the Spirit recorded in Galatians chapter 5 and see what some of those examples are, what those needs are. Things like holiness, humility, faith, wisdom, love for God, love for others, patience, and self-control. These are the true treasures of life and are part, are all part of our daily needs. I think it's best to for us to begin to look at why do we need to pray? In particular, why do we need to offer our intercessory prayers, those prayers that we offer in the name of other people? If we truly believe that God is sovereign, that he is Lord of all and of the universe and everything in it, then why do we even need to pray? Shouldn't God have it all under control? The answer to this question that we have lies in those first chapters of the Bible, way back in the book of Genesis. After God created the universe and everything that is in it, he created man and woman, Adam and Eve. And what role did he give to Adam and Eve? Well, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. God said, Let them rule over the things that he then listed. God delegated the care of the earth to Adam and Eve and their offspring. That that has never changed. Look at what King David wrote in Psalm 115, verse 16. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. Given to man is better translated as assigned to man. So God didn't give away ownership of the earth, but rather he assigned to human beings the responsibility of caring for it. And as we read through the Bible, we see that God never took away this responsibility either. As he gave it to Adam and Eve and their family, we have inherited this responsibility today. And our children, they will carry the responsibility into future generations. All of this goes on until Christ returns to the earth. There are many examples of prayer in the Bible where people prayed and things happened. In James chapter 5, we're told that Elijah prayed that there would be no rain. And then it didn't rain for over three years. And then we turn to 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 1 and we read this. God is speaking to the prophet Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. After three and a half years, whose idea was it to send rain on the land? It was God's. Elijah prayed, 
God told him what to do. Elijah went and did it, and it rained. So how did Elijah manage to pull any of this off? Well, he prayed. He prayed earnestly, and God directed him. So what about other examples of people praying for others or praying for things? When Abraham prayed for Lot, Lot was spared from the destruction that came upon Sodom and Gomorrah. When Moses prayed, God changed his mind about wiping the Israelites off the face of the earth as they wandered through the wilderness. When Daniel prayed, God set into motion a plan to deliver Israel from Babylonian captivity. When the church prayed, Paul was set free from prison. Notice, notice then that in each of these situations, it all started with prayer. For some things, God will not move unless we pray. Prayer is how God has chosen to interact with the world he has created. Prayer is how God motivates his people to become the change agents that the world needs. So in short, our prayers, they do make a difference. How much of a difference? It makes a huge difference. Prayer changes things. Prayer can change everything. Which then leads us to another problem. As we're watching the news, how, many, how often do we hear or want to say these words when we see a tragedy unfold in the world around us? We like to say, why isn't God doing something about this? To respond to this concern, this problem, let's flip to Isaiah chapter 59, verses 15 and 16. The prophet Isaiah writes, The Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there is no justice. He saw that there was no one, no man, and wondered that, and wondered that there was no one to intercede. In other words, God is asking, where are the Christians? Where is the church? How can they be doing nothing? God intervenes into the world according to the depth of our prayers. God is willing. There's, there's no question about it. God is willing because he's full of love. And when we pray according to his will, there's no doubt that things will change. You see, God wants to answer our prayers. He wants to answer our prayers that are consistent with his plan for the earth. But prayers are more than just praying once and sitting back and, and seeing what's going to happen. Prayers are to be a constant as we pray through the situation that we are praying for. From start to finish, we are praying for what God's will is going to be in that situation. In the reading from Luke, we heard Jesus tell a story of a man who had an unexpected guest, but he didn't have any food to feed him when he arrived. So the man, he gets up and goes to his neighbors to ask for help, but it's late. The neighbor says, well, my kids and I, were all in bed. Why should we help you? But still, that desperate host needing food to feed his friend keeps asking, 
And finally, the neighbor gets up and helps. There's something we need to be aware of with this story. The understanding at the time was the guest to an individual's home is the guest of the entire community, the entire village. So if we're going to refuse the needs of a guest in the village, that is unthinkable. The neighbor, in reality, has no choice but to meet the host's requests. Now, chances are, because he's knocking on the door and calling out for help, everybody in the house is awake already anyway. So by refusing, the neighbor brings shame upon himself for not following kind of the code of conduct for the, for the community, by not supporting the needs of his neighbor to, to, to give good hospitality to the guest. And if he doesn't do that, he's bringing shame on the community as well. And no one wants that. Word would spread pretty quickly. So if this sleeping neighbor gets up out of bed to help, if not for anything but to save his own face, how much more, Jesus tells us, will God, who loves you, grant your requests? So keep on asking now, God even offers to keep answering. We read in Luke uh, 11, 9, and 10, it says, Jesus says, And I will tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. In that passage, we see three simple instructions. Ask, seek, knock. Ask for something, something to be provided. Seek for something to be found. Knock to gain admission to a closed opportunity. These three verbs, ask, seek, knock, they're in the active tense. They're active verbs. So in a way, Jesus is saying, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Be patient. So if we keep asking, seeking, knocking, Jesus is saying we will keep receiving, we will keep finding, and doors will keep opening. Now I'm going to invite you to take on a short exercise for the next couple of months. And you're going to just simply need a piece of paper. Keep track of your answered prayers. Maybe set aside a page at the back of your prayer journal and you might just be surprised at how many prayers God has answered for you. Maybe it'll be to the point where you find you'll need to start your own journal just for recording answered prayers. There's also a benefit to doing this exercise of keeping track of your answered prayers. If we are keeping track of how God has spoken into our lives by answering our prayers, it generates a huge amount of gratitude. Gratitude for what God has done for the things we're praying for. It shows us God, He really, really does love us. And in turn, it also inspires us to pray even more. Remember, Jesus said, everyone who asks, seeks, knocks, will receive. This is a promise for all believers, not just a few chosen few. 
It means even you, as a follower of Jesus, will have answered prayers. Now remember from the reading, God doesn't want to only give. He wants to give good gifts. God has promised to answer all of our prayers. All of them. Matthew 21, 22 says, If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we, we, know that we have what we asked of him. John 15, 7 says, If you remain in me, and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. Ephesians 3, 20 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Not only... Will God answer our prayers that are in accordance with his will, but he will often give us more than we can imagine. That's what we read in Ephesians. More than what we can ask or imagine. When we were looking for a new manse for the church, people were praying for a number of things. Well, first of all, we were praying for the right house to come along. We were praying that the finances would come into place. We just kept praying and praying and praying that there would be somewhere safe for my family to live. We looked at a good number of houses on the north side. From Sydney Mines to George's River, North Sydney, we covered a wide area. Some of the houses, they looked good, but they didn't feel quite right. Then I got a call from an anonymous donor saying they were going to donate $40,000 to the new manse, and they did. And then a couple of weeks later, the realtor realtor called and said, I have the house. It's not on the market yet, but we can go see it tonight. The house, we went to see it. It's in good shape. It's a good deal. And the money was there. And we even, after buying it, managed to pay off the loan within the year. We kept praying. It all fell into place. And the Lord provided more than we could have ever imagined. And the church, the church will benefit from this new home and office for years. So as we pray our prayers, fully expecting God to answer us with abundant blessings, what are, this, what are those pitfalls that we need to avoid? There are some boundaries that God has set up. And when we look at the Lord's Prayer, we can see what those boundaries are. The first boundary is that it must not dishonor God. What did we talk about last week when hallowing God's name? We are to honor God in our prayers, in our words, and in our actions. God will not answer prayers that dishonor His name. And when you think about it, would you? Of course not. Another boundary is that it must not impede the coming of God's kingdom. It must not impede God's kingdom purposes. 
What else do we pray in the Lord's Prayer? Your kingdom come. Any prayer that impedes God's kingdom from coming to the earth will not be answered. And another boundary is ultimately our prayers must not hurt us or other believers. Another part of the Lord's Prayer is that we pray, lead us not into temptation. We pray against the things that will hurt us. God will not answer any prayers that ultimately hurt His children. Now you might be thinking, hold on a second now. Didn't Jesus tell us in John 14, 14, that whatever we pray in His name, He will do? Yes, yes, He did do that. But prayer is more than just granting a genie in a bottle granting wishes. There are conditions that need to be met in order for Jesus to answer our prayers. We need to be praying in such a way that is consistent with his character and his will by his authority. It all needs to line up, ultimately, with God's will. When you read the Bible, you see that Jesus prayed every single day for guidance from his Father in heaven. So if Jesus, God's own Son, needed daily guidance so that he could follow God's will, then how much more do we need it ourselves? So if we are willing and able to pray and receive answers from our Heavenly Father as well, why don't we? There are reasons why we don't. One of the reasons is our own pride. We like to think we have everything under control, that everything we have is at our fingertips to fix all the problems we face. The problem is, we don't. Our pride is a major hindrance, and we just don't want to admit we can't do it. We don't want to appear weak. Our pride is a major hindrance in our lives, especially in our times of prayer. Another part of the problem is our own laziness. We just don't take the initiative to pray as often as we should or, uh, or even like we should. When Jesus went to, the, went to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane before his arrest and execution, he took uh, his disciples with him. And as Jesus left them behind to go into deeper into the woods, to, into the garden to pray, what happened with the disciples? They fell asleep. And what did Jesus say in Matthew 26, 40 to his disciples? He said, could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? Another problem with our prayer life is, is belief, unbelief, actually. We just don't expect God to act. So, why do we even bother asking? But as we've been looking at today, I think you can see that God wants to answer us. He wants to be active in the world through our lives. Why? Because it's our inherited role all the way back from Adam and Eve. We are the caretakers of God's creation under God's authority. We have a part to play. We have a huge part to play, an active part to play in bringing God's kingdom to the earth as it is in heaven. And so, we pray. 
We ask God to act. We ask God to use people to bring his love and peace into the world. We ask God to use us to do these things. God will meet our daily needs when we submit fully to his authority in our lives. And he will use us to, in in turn, to meet the needs of those who are around us. The work of God, the, the work of the church, the work of the ministry of our lives, all that we do can be powered by prayer. Prayer that changes things. Prayer that changes everything when we are praying according to God's will. Amen. My friends, would you join me in a time of prayer? Let us pray. Lord God, we come today in prayer so thankful for your blessings. We are thankful that even through us, we, these imperfect people, you are still active in this world. Speak to us through our prayers. Show us how you want to change the world through us, often starting with our own hearts and and our own lives. Help us to see the great things you have in store, that you are not a distant, inactive God. You are a living God who is close and personal with us, even right now in this moment. And so, God, we thank you. We also come today offering our prayers of intercession. We pray today that you will take these prayers we offer and transform them to your will that you will take these meager, clumsy words that we use and fill them with your Holy Spirit so that these words, they become actions. They become actions of your love. Lord, as we watch the news, we pray today for our First Nation brothers and sisters here in Nova Scotia, those people who are just simply trying to provide for their families. Lord, in the actions of the white people who are protesting them, we see signs of hatred, we see signs of racism. So we pray, Lord, for your peace to come to this entire situation. We, we pray for the leaders, we, we pray for unity, we pray for understanding, we pray for the government to, to step in and try to make things right. And in that same vein, Lord, we pray for the systemic racism that has led to this moment. We pray for the 21 years of inaction by the federal government to do the work it was supposed to do that it ignored simply because it was easy to ignore the indigenous community and pass that problem on to someone else. And so now we see the impacts of this laziness, this systemic racism of what it can lead to, and we see that it is not pretty. God, we pray, bring unity, bring reconciliation to the land so we may all live as brothers and sisters in peace, sharing in this bounty of your creation. Lord, be here with them, we pray. And Lord, now that we know the outcome of the municipal election, we, we pray for our new mayor, Amanda McDougall, we pray for our counselors on the north side, uh, Gordon McDonald, or Earlene McMullen, and Cyril McDonald. Lord, may you guide the hearts of these people and all who have been 
uh, elected to represent your people, especially here in Cape Breton. Lord, may your love be known to them. And may they see your call to love one another and, bring, and work together to bring healing to those who are in need in our communities. Again, Lord, be here with your people. And Lord, we also pray for those who are on our hearts today. We pray for the sick. We pray for the lonely. We, we pray for those who mourn. We pray for the hungry and the cold. And Lord, we pray for all others who are on our hearts today that we carry burdens for. Lord, bless them. Lord, heal them. We, pay, we pray in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Lord, for these and so many other concerns we carry. We lift them all up in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.